Welcome to Numb Phil's Fan Podcast. If you don't already, please subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, anywhere you find your podcast. Don't forget, NumbBillsFan.com has all of our content. Welcome back. I guess I'm here. Day five of Buffalo Bills training camp just wrapped up. I was there up on the sidelines again. I am truly flattered to be there. Um, On behalf of Grandstand Sports Network, I am your host, David Palermo. And uh, thanks to Grandstand Sports Network, I get to go on the sideline. If you don't know what Grandstand Sports Network is, there's over 13 brands right now of podcasts up on GrandstandSportsNetwork.com. It's a radio station that plays all day. Many podcasts up there like Beyond the Blade, covers of Buffalo Sabres, Chad does a nice job with that podcast. He has crazy access with the Sabres. So make sure you check out Beyond the Blade podcast if you want some hockey. You want some more Bills insight, check out Rock Power Report. Drew and Chris do a nice job. And also Eric Turner. Love his podcast. At Cover One is dot net. It's it's the one site to go, I think, for analytics, et cetera, et cetera. So Make sure you check out his podcast as well. It's on the network. Good stuff. Really enjoy it. In fact, we have Eric Turner and Kevin Masarian from Cover One and very stoked. But don't forget, numbillsfan.com has all of our old content. As you heard in the intro, find us on all the social media platforms that you would use. I use the big three and I even use Snapchat. But until people start requesting me, I ain't snapping you. So get your ass on Instagram facebook and twitter make sure you follow me on twitter especially because i'm periscoping these videos and 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 i really don't care to do it through instagram live i mean i could some but uh i prefer to use a twitter periscope i think twitter is just faster and make sure you follow me I'll, i'll drop a lot of notes for you and it's been great on the sidelines with all that stuff so instant access I, I take pictures of stuff again follow me on the instagram you want also facebook i post most of my stuff too as well so don't forget etsy i have an etsy store up if you want to support the podcast pick up a shirt 19 dollars shipped to your house pretty dope shirt pretty proud of it uh very comfortable fits right no joke you don't like it just return it okay i'll give you your money back or don't return it keep it i don't care oh whatever so and don't forget, Numb Bills Fan Podcast is part of PunchDrunkSports.com, and uh, it's a sports podcast network for brought to you by comedians. And I am the exclusive podcast that's covering the Buffalo Bills. So very proud to be a part of a network that is based off of, it started out with a podcast, three guys, regulars at the LA Comedy Store, who do comedy. And you got Sam Tripoli, he's got a, comedy album out now he also has another podcast called the tinfoil hat it's a conspiracy theory podcast which uh, if you know saying it's gonna be good so also yeah jason tebow he's been on red zone network a comedian hilarious if you're like working construction in an unsafe environment don't put punch drunk podcast on because i've almost fallen off of stuff like i'm not even kidding It, it just gets ridiculous the segues and the digressions these guys go down Especially when you have a guy like Ari Shafir involved who has a 
double Netflix special, essentially. And if you have not checked out his special double negative, please check out Ari Shafir's special double negative. It's pretty dope. So that said, thank you guys. Um, Please listen in. You got Kevin coming up right now and, and also Eric Turner. So here we go. Eric Turner and Kevin Masari, if that's how I pronounce it right, because I can't ever from CoverOne.net. Um, what's up, guys? Camp was sweet. Yeah, man. So you, so what day is this for you? How many days have you been to camp? Uh, this is day number two. All right. And your and, thoughts, uh, man? How'd it go? Um, well, let me get the drywall of the picture. So there we go. <laughs> uh, honestly, for, for me, day two was rad because I got to chill out. All right. And what I mean by that is day one, my head spinning. I'm trying to get content, somehow record something while taking notes. Am I taking too many notes? What's important here? What should I look for? I see notes on Tyrod Taylor today, and I'm like, I don't recall him really sucking, but if that's if you're just watching one position, I, I guess. like right. I personally don't know how all these experts have time to count all this and that. I think they pretty <laughs> much check a lot of information to see on Twitter right. and run with it. So, um, Dave, what was your, what was the difference between the first day and second day? Um, did you have more of a plan this time? Yeah. Yeah. I got to settle down a little bit and, um, learn how to pick my spots. I just don't want to go in there guns blazing and, and do whatever, because I feel like the, uh, I mean, I've always kind of been like the black sheep and everything I do. So it's like, um, I just want to be polite and, and professional about it and, and, and just try to not be in the way, you know, it's like, you can be on the sidelines. It's cool. You can be on the track, but try to pay attention if a ball is going to come your way, you right. know, cause I think I would want as like a player to, to get hurt cause I'm in the way. So, um, it's just like little things like that and never overstepping your boundaries of, of taking photos or video is my number one priority because, um, it's about the team and right. you know, we're there representing grandstand sports network. And, um, that's number one. So, um, really it's just, how do I gather as much content as I can? And knowing that it's from my own lens, so it is true what I'm seeing. So that it's kind of, it's kind of nice to just have an opportunity to put out an objective narrative, honestly. So, um, well, like you said, you can't biggest difference is settling down. Yeah. I mean, you can't cover it all. You said that. And uh, so you came in with a little more focus, uh, you know, second day as uh, media personnel. What did you come in uh, today to focus in on? What were you paying attention to at practice today, the end of, because uh, today was the, I think, the fifth practice, right, guys? Yes. Day so so what did you focus in on? What, what were you looking at? Um, what positions? What were you uh, taking into account? What I was honestly doing is uh, just going group by group, you know, just look at the quarterbacks. Um, not really even paying attention to numbers unless it was number five, you know, right? because I don't think Peterman looks bad. And I kind of like zoom in on that a little bit, but you're also talking to the guy, you're listening to the guy that thought that Jeff tools throwing a better ball than EJ Manuel rookie year. And I still stand by that. I don't know if you want the camper for that at all, but no. I swear Jeff tool had way better touch, man. That Kansas city ruined his life. Kansas city game. Uh, but, um, take that as you will. But uh, I just look at each position group and, and see who's working with who mm-hmm. and then try to remember, okay, what order are these guys 
going in and, and trying to listen to um, what the coaches are saying, you yeah. know. And, and what I'm noticing out there between the groups is all the coaches are encouraging. They're very strict. They're like, we're getting down to business. But I'm here, like, when a guy makes a good play, like, excitement. Like, yeah, let's go. You know what I mean? Like, that's what right. I'm talking about. And and you need that. You know, like, some guys will make some big catches today. Um, you know, Walter Powell, on paper, um, not too sure what Walter Powell would bring. You know what I mean? Because it's a new coaching staff. He was suspension looming. Yeah. Um, but I I don't know about you, Kevin, but I, I feel like Walter Powell is just really showing up when he's – He's made some good grabs. Yeah, absolutely. I've They've used him in a lot of different formations. I've seen him anywhere from the starting ones doing bubble screens. Uh, I've seen him on first kick and punt returns. Um, I've, the, he's made it through the, another coaching staff change, and, and, and this unit likes him. Uh, I, I saw he got banged up today in practice. He did come back in from, from reports. Yeah, he was um, fine. He made a play. With, with the four-game suspension, and I've said this way before even even OTA started or right when he got suspended, that it helps him. I think that the team's able to take another four weeks to think about it. They might only keep five receivers with this core uh, without any moves being made. And Walt Paolo is our sixth receiver, and you don't have to spend a roster spot on him. It's almost like a gain, in my opinion. Right, yeah, you you're not wasting a spot. Yeah, everyone's right. like, oh, no, you're wasting a spot. No, you're not. You're not wasting a spot. You don't no. have to. You don't or have to rush. salary. Right, you don't have to rush a decision on Walter Powell. Now, you're talking about injuries. He did get a little banged up. He seemed to be fine. Uh, what were the updates, Kevin, on uh, Darius and Darby? Uh, they were just normal, run-of-the-mill, little tiny injuries. They're both back practicing um, in full, and you know, Darius did, did address that in the media today. I asked a question to Darius today about um, – you know, what's he doing for alternate nutrition or, you know, pretty much like, are you doing yoga? Like, what are you up to? You know? And, um, he says he's into riding a bike and to me, that's interesting. Well, what kind of bike? A Cannondale and I got a track. Those are good bikes. Oh, so he These gave me really the exact sweet. brand. <laughs> yes. Nice. Yeah. swear to God, you can hear it at the end of uh, the Periscope that we made. And, uh, you know, it, it, it's, it's hilarious, but at the same time, I mean, this is interesting to me, and, and it seems like people are just fishing, which is okay. It's what they got to do. Yeah. Uh, people are still fishing for that. Darius, is Darius, do you have a chip on your shoulder? He's like, like, like this, like, no. no. <laughs> I make I'm 100 million. Where did that, that come from? Yeah. Potential, yeah. We're going to do good. Like, the third on, overall guy. pick chip that you got picked third overall and make 100 million now. Right. Yeah, I mean, come on, guys. He had – I always back the dude up, and I understand, but I'm telling you, he looks straight. He looks real straight and focused, and 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 he sounds passionate. And you know, I remember my my day there Saturday. I heard Kyle Williams go sell, sell, like to come to the media scrum, and I don't think he heard him. He kept walking, like he was far away, you know. So, um, you know, obviously those two have a relationship together. Um. And he mentioned Kyle specifically during his presser after practice saying that, hey, um, you know, I'm doing this for Kyle to come back. And, uh, you know, I got to do my do my part pretty much, you know. Right. So um, he seems really focused. Uh, and, and he says you don't care if it's 3 4 4 3, whatever it is, as long as the, the, the game plan is there and everybody's doing their job, he doesn't care what it is. So they'll be successful. Right. Um, but uh, I, I, th I think he's focused. I really do. 
what else did you see on that side of the ball on the defensive side? Cause we'll talk about the offense. You sent me a couple messages during camp. Uh, you had some awesome notes, which I could barely read, but I made out some of them. Uh, one of them you had mentioned, uh, one of your notes was that you saw Micah Hyde in the slot. Is that something that you're seeing a lot of uh, at camp or what you saw at least uh, today? I just think it, I just think it checks off that box that we talked about. I mean, when you get Micah Hyde, we're talking versatility versatility. It's an overused word in sports, but it's really true. And, and to me, I was stoked to have Aaron Williams, a former cornerback. I was stoked to have Corey Graham, a former cornerback. And, and I might be on an Island, but I think those guys could be good depth or something for a team. Mm-hmm. And I think they're still maybe capable, even at the safety spot for even a Corey Graham. He ain't dumb. You know what I mean? He only played safety for two years. It's two years. So it's like, um, I, I think Micah Hyde is pretty much the upgraded version of that. He, he's already done this so many times, and this is what we expect, and he's in there. Now, one thing I did notice is, I mean, obviously you're going to practice it anyways, was uh, the safeties and the outside linebackers would switch up. So, like, they would just flip the play. But the corners would stay on the same side. Kevin, do you agree with that? I mean, I could be wrong. Maybe the corners did flip, but I really – I also noticed uh, – yeah, pretty much that's it. Like Those were – yeah, I saw I saw them I saw them flipping a little bit, actually. I saw Darby in the slot. Um, I saw a little, little movement on the cornerback front. I did see linebacker um, a lot of different schemes. I saw them in, in, a, in a 4-3 under at some points, too. Um, so yeah, they, they were doing different things schematically for sure. Like they would, they would go into a four, three over to a four, three under on the next play. Um, but yeah, the corners. So you're would, talking, when you're saying flip, you're, you're talking that, uh, the corners aren't just playing the one side. They are moving around, which is, which yeah. is, it is typical of more zone defenses, but there are going to be times where our corners are going to match up and move. Uh, you know, with certain receivers and whatnot. So it sounds like they are kind of mixing it up a little bit. You want to know something, I think? I uh, Maybe I'm Mr. Conspiracy Theory guy and making something out of nothing here, but, like, I think the practices are genius the way they're doing it. You got this DJ out there, right? <laughs> they are so fast within, like, like between periods. Mm-hmm. They're so fast between what they're doing. Then all of a sudden they're doing special teams for like a few reps. There's purpose in every um, movement. Right, yep. right out, yo, yo, right out the gate, right, right out the gate. Because I mean, think about it. If you shuffle everything up like that, it makes guys like me lost. Like, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. And if you're actually working out there, it's it's hard to keep track of what's going on. So I mean, it's like well, it's also a multitask. It's like a multitasking thing. Yeah. What's that? My head's down, and then I, I end up on the other side of the field. They're on the other side of the field. I, I don't even know. I'm like, oh, shoot. Well, it, you keeps, know? So it's like, it keeps the players on their toes. It keeps them, obviously, moving on to the next assignment. Almost like a, it's like a play in itself. You know, you, you got that six-second burst. You had to do your assignment, your responsibility, and then you have to go on to the next play, no matter what happened prior to that. So it should be, you know, it could be one session of offense doing seven-on-seven versus air, but then guess what? Now we're going to go to special teams because that's what could happen in the game. That's, that's good. That's, that's, you know, the type of template that they should have. But, you know, Kevin, you kind of talked about it in the last pod is, you know, the tempo, you know, the tempo to practice is, is noticeably different. Yeah, absolutely. The tempos it's, they're moving around. It's normally, I, I always witness breaks in between segments that the, the practices are shorter, but that's because the tempo's hot. They're moving around first units getting in second units getting in third units sprinting in, um, it's it's great to see. So I, I, I am impressed so far with that. And like Dave alluded to from my initial point, um, 
reporters are trying to find something that they could report on that's going to get them views and clicks and interest stories. And right now they're not getting it. There's too much, I don't want to use the word positivity, but there's too much just run of the mill standard practice, nothing really of note to note on no major injuries. Um, there's, there's nothing that they can, um, you know, point to that is going to get them those rage clicks. So, um, they're, they're reaching, they're pulling, they're trying to say, Oh, that was a bad practice by Tyrod or, or what have you. Dave might be able to comment more on if it was a poor practice by the quarterback position on the, um, on the defensive side still though, with, uh, I got a chance to periscope Reggie Raglan and then over to Logan Thomas. And, um, Reggie Raglan was really interesting to listen to. And I asked him, uh, pretty much conceptually, is this defense faster for you or is the other defense faster for you? And, and Hinchy had like a really good answer that I can't perfectly quote because I haven't listened back to it. Um, but essentially that the other defense was faster for him because he already knew it. Yeah, you of know? course. So it's, it's the same defense he played in Alabama, at Alabama. So high school. Yeah. yeah so right. So it almost seems like we have this interesting storyline here where – Shaq Lawson, if you hear his interview that I got a photo of uh, at the Scrum, if you check out, you know, Numb Bills Fan Podcast uh, on Instagram, just type in Numb Bills Fan or whatever. And I noticed that I listened to the interview again today, and Shaq Lawson's like, I don't know why they drafted me, essentially. He's like, I knew I didn't fit. Clearly, I was the best player on the board. And... You know, and he was even asked pointedly, like, when Rex, did you think Rex thought he could, like, fit you in his mastermind? He's pretty much just like, exactly that. I'm the best player on the board. They they, they took me. Mm-hmm. And it's like, Which is it true. seems like Reggie Raglan is a guy that doesn't fit the defense now, and maybe Shaq Lawson fits the defense now. So it's like a weird thing, especially if dude is getting – you know, he ain't out there with the first team. You got these other linebackers showing up, I mean, and, on a regular basis. So yeah, it, it's, I'll, I'll jump in a little on that note, too, because, look, this is, he's played he's, – he got hurt his rookie year. He's played 4-3 for five days, five training camp days. Look, it'll take all of two preseason games for him to all of a sudden get it. Next thing you know, he's in it strong. He might be playing well. He might be shifting in at Mike. I, I don't know. But he. this is – He's it's too early, he's, man. It's it, too he's early. Since, since high school, he was a 3-4 linebacker. Yeah. There, there's no way that – he said he's never played 4-3 ever in any capacity. So, there's no there's no reason to take any notes out of this. And, look, he's playing with the second team to get as many installs, and he'll get a ton of training camp time. That's the story and, of the day, man. It's nuts. Yeah, yeah I, he'll get a I, ton I like of it. preseason time. And I think the next thing you know, him and Hodges will be moved up to the to the top unit. So you know, I, don't you got, think, I don't think it's anything to worry about. I think no. he's a perfect player to have on the team. Um. And I don't know what's up with his weight or not. You know what I mean? Right. Like, I don't know where he is. And well, that Dave, can have a factor, too. While you were at camp, the, the internet kind of blew up when it, when it came to Raglan, basically saying he's not a fit, um, that uh, they should look to trade him already. And, and, you know, it's just one of those things. I think it's, it's much too soon. Obviously, he didn't even play last year. Uh, Kevin alluded to it. He hasn't played in a 4-3. Uh, of course, it's going to take him some time. Should he should he know the the defense as far as like on paper? Yes, but it's different when you're out there because he was so. That's why he was so good in that Alabama defense because of his read and diagnose skills. So he, he, it's got to take time. I mean, I don't whether he beats out Preston Brown or not. You don't trade away 
an asset. No, you don't. No, you, you just don't in the NFL. You're not, not going to get the value back. Not at a depreciating amount. Yeah. No. Not at a depreciating. If it's appreciated, you, sure. But you, you can't teach foresight. You can't teach instinct. You can't. You know what I mean? Like th- this guy already gets it, man. Because you know as well as I do, you can run a four eight or you can run a four two. If you're dumb as rocks and you can't do the simple shit, you're not going to succeed in the NFL. Let me bring up a name for you, Jarrell Worthy. I love when the Bills brought him in. Why? Because you see the high draft pick on the guy, and they're like, what can we do with him? Mm-hmm. And guess what? Through two coaching sets, this kid in two systems is making a name for himself, yeah. and he's consistent, yeah, right? right? He's and one of our he best backup linemen, yeah. A little bit, I think he even might be a little bit skinnier too now. He might have dropped a little bit, obviously. That could be wrong. He's listed here on the, on the media guide at 300, 6'2". But it's like Reggie Raglan is too good of a, like – I don't care if we were a four or three already, with, you know, and, and we picked up Raylan. I would be stoked because you got to, as a coach, you need to tailor your system to this guy. What if this dude drops some weight? What if this guy gets back, gets into more better shape, drops some weight, gets a little bit faster, and you couple that instinct in there? Are you looking at more like, am I, I don't want to say this because it could be two different things, and Eric, you might puke in your mouth. Again, Carolina defense, I think of this guy named Luke Keekley just cleaning everything up. That said, it's not Luke Keekly at all. It's He's not a totally this defense. It's not. And it's Preston be a, Brown is so smart. I don't see him upseat. I don't see him upseating Preston Brown. But damn, it's good depth. And if you want to have some rotation and put him in some situational things, I don't. It doesn't hurt to have him on the team. Okay. No, look at this though, guys. All right, I want you to. Can you see the screen here? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So let's look at. And this is surface level analyzing. All right. And I'm just. I'm just gonna look at what each of those players, Preston Brown and Reggie Raglan, are surface-level athletes-wise, all right, athletic-wise. So we're looking at Reggie Raglan, and this is courtesy of MockDraftable.com. Uh, 6'1", 247 pounds, 10-yard uh, split of 1.65, a 40-yard dash of 4.72, all right? So now let's take a look at Preston Brown. Again, 2014, surface-level analyzing, but 6'1", 251 pounds, 1.64-yard, 10-yard uh, split, and 4.86-second 40-yard dash. So when people want to say that, you know, uh, Preston Brown can, is a fit for this defense because he, he has, you know, maybe has better range and, and is better in coverage than Reggie Raglan. Actually, the numbers say that Reggie Raglan actually is a better athlete, and it's right. numbers. And that's not taking into account reading, diagnosing, and, and, and quick twitch and all that good stuff. Again, service level. But for someone to say that, you know, Preston has the range to play this cover three defense and Reggie Raglan doesn't, I, I don't buy it. I don't buy it coverage-wise because – why, Kevin? Because cover three defense means there's three deep and how many guys underneath? There's more guys underneath than in a cover two defense. So yep. they have less area to cover. So I don't know where this – he can't – Reggie Raglan won't be able to cover in this defense argument comes from. Yeah, and going off that thought too, if you look at some of those player comparisons, they both had a very similar player comparisons there. Also, um, it's just because Preston Brown's played in the 4-3 and has way more experience in it. At, at, when, when Reggie Raglan catches up – it's going to be like a really good benefit. Like why would you let him go now and not develop him for what you drafted him for to the ability to play the position and have that versatility. And he's going to be one of your key cogs in the linebacking core. That's not just, he's, he was out all last year and would have played in the three, four anyways. Right. He's had five days of practice. He's going to get four full preseason games. He's going to play a lot of time. We all know that. And by the end of the, I really think by the end of it, he's going to somehow swap into your starting lineup somewhere. Yeah. And look at the two – you see the two top guys for Preston Brown for, for comps? 
Yep. Sam, Sam Barrington and AJ Klein. <laughs> My boy Sam Barrington. I'm telling you, Sam Barrington's going to sneak on this roster. I'm telling you that. Hey, telling uh, you that guys, right um, I wanted to piggyback on what you said about Raglan. Um, and, and two things at Raglan. Preston Brown is in a contract year. Yes. So, um, and, and, and if middle linebackers and linebackers are a dime a dozen, as they say, very replaceable, guess what? Unless Preston Brown, coach's son, wants to play ball, which I am a huge Preston Brown fan. I always have been. Um, I'll be honest. Uh, Raglan talked today. Uh, he talked about dropping back in the coverage or whatever. Or, you know, somebody asked, him, are you doing coverage? He's like, well, of course I have to. Like, yeah, duh, it's football. You know, and long story short, one, Reggie Raglan is probably the secession plan. Two, um, that makes sense. And three, you already got him. Yeah. And most importantly, I look at it like I could be nuts, but I think whenever we talk about linebackers not being able to cover, I don't really remember that many. I don't remember Preston Brown being that glaring of a dude who can't cover. I mean, that's what people like to say, but dude has some passive deflections. Dude has some interceptions. I mean, he's done some things. I don't think he's great, but I think he's fine. And I think Reggie Ragland, it, it, I think he would be fine too. It's just, you got to get these guys on the field, man. I mean, and, and not for nothing, this is all up to coach McDermott. You know, and the only reason I comp Luke Keekley and not even trying to comp him is when I think of a certain style of defense, the first thing I thought about McDermott is who's going to be him? Because that guy's a game changer. That said, it, it, it's up to coaching. I, I'm sick of seeing coaches in the past yep. try to take the square. Again, I mention it all the time, um, a lot of new fans, but I have a big comparison here, which is I don't want to hear from Nathaniel Hackett year two six games in to eight games in that you decide to pop on tape about how CJ Spiller was used and discovered that he don't go between the tackles. And right. if you read a scouting report, you would know that. So like, I don't understand how some coaches, they do what they want. And a lot of times it comes down to ego. I want to see Sean McDermott and these coaches finally just use these guys to their strengths across the board. That's exactly it. Basket and it didn't happen. That's what they get paid for. That's what they get paid right. for to come in here so I don't and adjust. What happens with those guys? And, that, and well, that's why. Yeah, and that's why I don't like. I try not to think uh, in terms of uh, who's our Luke Keekley, who's our Thomas Davis. I, I try to think of terms. You know, can this guy play this role? Can can Reggie Raglan or Preston Brown get to the middle zone in a cover three? Can they get to a deep zone in cover two? That's a little going to be a little more difficult. So I understand there is some range issues for both of them. And if you look at pro football focus here on the screen, I mean, Preston Brown, this last year in a 3-4 defense, so it's, it's a little different. I mean, he, he did all right. He had 485 snaps in coverage. Uh, he allowed, you know, 42 catches, only one touchdown, though, but 341 yards of yak. And if you look at the yak, I mean, that's, that's, one of the, that's some of the worst in, in the league. I mean, you see even Zach Brown's up there. He's fourth. Yeah. So, so what these teams are doing was throwing it short and having their li- these linebackers having to chase those guys, you know, running across mm-hmm. the middle run- and running away from these guys. So, right. I, so, you know, a lot of people, I don't know who said it uh, in the media uh, that, you know, Preston Brown is actually decent cover. He's not bad, but you see what we're dealing with. You know, we're dealing with this yak yardage. That's yeah, the stuff we need to limit. Yeah, yes. he's getting crushed on the yak. Yes. Yeah, it seems like a second half up. of the year thing, right? 
didn't it seem like more like a second half year thing because all we heard about was Zach Brown cleaning up, and then Zach Brown and covers became a liability. Uh, he was all together. Zach Brown, don't even get me started on Zach Brown, just because he's gone and he he pisses me off to be honest because he's got all the talent in the world and he just doesn't put it all together. He eventually gives up and it showed in second half of last season. But I mean, Preston Brown, he in twenty fourteen. Now, if you went back to twenty fourteen, which we're not looking at right now, but um, in 2014, he was solid in coverage. I mean, he wasn't that bad. It, but in that Jim Schwartz defense, you know, he was a good coach. Schwartz is a good coach. Knew how to hide him. Knew how to minimize those weaknesses. And uh, even in that year, though, I mean, he still was exposed a decent amount. So, um, now, go ahead. And, and for the listeners, Jim Schwartz is a huge – is a huge – yeah – Okay, so in Jim Schwartz's defense versus Sean McDermott's defense, yes, it's a 4-3. Now, what was Preston Brown's responsibilities? What's the difference between the two defenses here for Preston Brown coming up? Well, first of all, the wide nine that Schwartz employs, it for, for run defense, everything gets funneled back inside. You have that guy out so wide at defensive end that everything gets funneled back into, you know, Preston Brown played some Will and Sam that year, uh, as you can see on the screen, so – his, his range wasn't as important in this in Schwartz's scheme. Now, although McDermott does play some wide nine, and I expect him to play a little more than he did last year because of Jerry Hughes and his inability to stop it. the run last year. Yeah, it, it's nothing new. I'm not saying it's anything new. So, I, I, But Preston Brown's range, if they're not in this wide nine, and Reggie Ragland for that matter, versus the run, is, is it does concern me versus the run. Why? Because when you have – uh, a base 4-3 defense, your uh, defensive ends are going to spill, which means spill, they're going to crash down on the run and force the play to bounce wide. Then the next linebacker in line has to fill over the top. So if you're a Mike linebacker, if you're Reggie Raglan or Preston Brown, and you're having to spill and fill from Mike, sometimes these plays are going to make it towards outside the hash, out towards the sideline. The question is, do these guys have the range to, to fill over the top when, when these plays are spilled wide. That's where I'm worried. I'm not too worried about coverage-wise because coverage-wise, the defenses are very similar, especially when we talk about the corners that we have and how we're going to have uh, – and safeties we have, how we're going to have to overcome some of those uh, deficiencies and, and their weaknesses. So I'm not too worried about that. So uh, um, when, it comes to, when it comes to ranged guys, I, I, I'm more worried about the run game than I am in coverage. Dude, you kind of mean my Keekley point, though, in a way, like to play devil's advocate on that. That's why I'm kind of going on both sides of these issues because we have – I don't think Raglan's – like is – I don't want to give people the wrong impression how I came out a few minutes ago. Like, I, I, I don't think Raglan should go anywhere. But playing devil's advocate here, if you look at Lorenzo Alexander, that guy's in a lot better shape than, than Roger Raglan. And, and I don't mean that in a disrespectful way, but I'm talking like it looks like body fat percentage. Right. I would bet you a little bit less, like – Zoe's in, I mean, I know the whole 30 stuff he did, you know. I actually talked to him today about that for a second. Um, and it's like, I always wonder about that edge, you know, when, when it comes to, when you think about the, 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 the Luke Keekley of Sean McDermott's defense, it, I, I mean, it's like, man, that guy's got to be able to get to the sidelines quick. You know, it's like, remember how many tackles, like, Paul Puzzleson would get? Because he would just be, like, a maniac everywhere, but it was never, like, really, like, tackles for loss. Seven, seven yards behind the line of scrimmage already. Like, yeah. It, 
well, that but thing, he still got there. Like, he made a. Ton, he still makes a ton of tackles that way. Where they're you know seven yards downfield, he's getting blown so off the ball. You, but, how do you counter that as a coach? Like what do you like? What do you do then? If Preston Brown isn't that guy, and, and Reggie Reagan might not be that guy, but he's got a quicker set. I think what you're doing here is is you're basing your defense on instinct. Well, and, this is but, yeah. That, there's a difference between me. there's a difference between you know straight line forty speed, which we were just analyzing, and difference mm-hmm. between game speed. You know, game speed is not just how fast you are, but also how quickly you diagnose that play. So if Reggie Raglan, that's his bread and butter, and he's running a four seven two four eight whatever, uh, you know, that's how you overcome that lack of deficiency exactly. in straight line speed. It's game speed. There's a big difference between. And he two. has a lot of game speed, Reggie Raglan. And you're yes. gonna like here's what he's gonna be up against twos in game one, game two, game three of the preseason. He's gonna make a ton of plays, and he's going it. to he's gonna immediately against twos and back up offensive linemen trying to reach up to him. He's gonna immediately boost up the depth chart because he's going to read and react. They're going to see that immediately and realize he's figured it out within a couple preseason games. No I, don't doubt about gonna, it. I don't think it's going to take him long. And, and honestly, uh, you know, Especially the, against the twos. ever have enough good players. I don't care what happens. That guy, right. I mean, these guys from Alabama, they just come from, I mean, Saban just gets to do whatever he wants. You know what I'm saying? He makes his job easy. I mean, he's got some really good athletes. That's, there's no doubt about that. I mean, that's 100. And, and it's like, I, I got high hopes for Raglan, and, 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 and I think people just got to breathe. Don't even be looking at, like, uh, I'll switch over to the offensive side of the ball. Don't even be looking at, uh, yeah. and don't be counting quarterbacks' reps. I mean, guys, come on. There's so many, there's so many damn things to look at here. Tyrod Taylor's a quarterback. Stop it. Right. Stop. Just stop. He's the quarterback. I don't want to hear from Brodak or whoever that, like, he's sucking. It, it is what it is. It's practice. I'm right. personally not honed in on just the quarterback because I want to know because I've always been a fan of, well, I don't need to just mention Trent Dilfer, okay? I can mention a lot of other quarterbacks that didn't have to do that much to get to the championship games. Well, let's okay. go to the offensive side, Dave, since you're kind of talking about it. Let's go to the uh, offensive I, side and what you saw here. today. What do you see? I, I know you, you mentioned something on the offensive side that you saw a lot of. You talked about the tempo uh, all together in practice. But what did you see on the offensive side that you had mentioned to me um, when, when you were uh, talking to me earlier hold on, today? Hold on. Hold on, man. Let me go through my notes. <laughs> Just give me a sec. <laughs> what I saw a lot of, and, and before you – I guess, I'll, I guess I'll go there, but there's something I want to do to remind me about the quarterbacks that I don't think anybody really reported on, but maybe me, um, is they're using a lot of motion, and I like that because, Eric, don't shoot me, but I love motion in Madden, and I'm usually too lazy to use it if I can't read the corners or something, but... It, 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 it's just like they're trying to make it. What I like about them is it seems like they're trying to make it uh, as easy as possible for the quarterback. Why not give him every tell you can? So put a guy in motion. There you go. And it's like if you've ever managed people or had businesses or hired people or work with people or been in a managerial position or work for somebody you liked, when they encourage you and you give them a little bit more responsibility, they'll actually show up to do it. So, okay, well, listen to the quarterback a little bit more, and he's going to make an adjustment. That means you move. Next thing you know, a quarterback can see who's following him or not, and you could do whatever the hell you want from there. 
Right, because right. motion identifies coverages. It helps you tell between man and zone. It helps you tell where the help's going to come from, whether it's you know single high safety, two high safeties. Motion is incredibly important. And in, in offenses like this where you have a, a heavy dose of West Coast principles, motion is even more important because you're going to have these short timing passes. You have to know what coverage you're seeing, what, you, what concept they're playing on defense so that you can get the ball out of your hands. Right, Kev? That's right. Yeah, absolutely. Like they and motion was was a key thing that they were practicing through the first couple of days of practice. It was really all they were pract- uh, focusing on practicing when I was there. So, yeah. I mean, you had pretty much exclusive motion drills. You had different types of motion. You had your running backs, your tight ends, your receivers in motion. You had bubble screen motion. There, there was a lot of things that they were running and fully all of them focused on motion um, for at least 20 minutes of practice. It's and, not to be- uh, um, Oops. You can go, you can go. You had no, something more important on this, right? Because it's something that we touched upon at Cover One because, you know, last year Tyrod Taylor didn't have that much motion. You know, he dropped back, I want to say it was, what, 400-plus times last year? Let me see. About, Let me look yeah. It up. yeah, I mean, he dropped back to pass a ton, and he only had just over 100, 100 plays uh, that he – had motion. I mean, that doesn't help your quarterback. If you're no. only, if you're only motioning every once in a while, I mean, look at, look at the, the Pats. I mean, look at the Pats, look at the every Falcons, play. every single play there's motion. Yeah. It's and incredibly it's like, how, important. How, how open is a mo- Okay. Like if, if people at home want to try this, go on your dumb Madden and put a guy <laughs> into a drag, like, like, like motion him and then put him into a drag. You're going to, and just, just wait for him to break away, wait for release. And, and it's, it's like, uh Okay, so we're looking at on the screen, you're looking at a pro football focus right now, and uh, it looks like Tyrod dropped back 529 times, all right? And if you look at uh, what we did as far as a breakdown last year on cover one, he only had just over 100, 100 uh, plays where he actually used motion. So, right. I mean, it's just that's not, a, that's not enough last year, and – uh, the last three games, I especially saw more motion. Um, and, you know, look at Tyra's numbers those games. They were, you know, pretty good. So, uh, definitely motion. Uh, I heard it from both of you guys. The fact that they're using a lot of motion, that is a plus for this offense. No doubt about fullback it. Fullback motion, man. You got fullback oh, motion. Yeah. You have you have specific backup tight end motion. I mean, you have motion across the board. You have different plays going to uh, design. They're not just, not just to, to uh, mess with the defense. They were actually – play specific for their fullback to play specific for their setup for their backup tight end and their backup running backs and their third receivers um all the way down the line to walt powell getting into motion and and getting some plays that way right no that's awesome i'm gonna gonna throw some shit on the wall kevin okay uh if i was to call it early which i I think it's usually doesn't mean anything it looks like the offense is ahead of the defense because it seems like mike tolbert's doing whatever he wants yeah uh Swing passes, screens, uh, it, it's, it's, it's really crazy. Um, one thing I wanted to, to, to touch on real quick mm-hmm. was, uh, before we take some questions and wrap up on this thing, um, is a compliment, which I can't find it in my notes exactly. But okay. um, when they first went into situational drills in the red zone, three quarterbacks right off the bat, right after individual stuff, immediately they rush to, to some stuff and they do 11 on 11 and uh, Tyrod completes a touchdown to Sammy Watkins. We've on the left side. Um, 
Yates ended up scoring a touchdown to um, Zay Jones on the right side. And then Nathan Peterman, I think, hit number 10. Mm-hmm. Who I'm drawing Philly the Brown. Philly, Philly Brown. So, I mean, come on, guys. That's three consecutive red zone passing touchdowns. Are people talking about that? Are they talking about no, they're All talking the about a Tyrod Taylor missed touchdowns yeah. that Tyrod Taylor's hit. I mean, you got you you got guys. Uh, a beautiful play I saw today was uh, you had Thomas going to motion, and clearly the play was designed for him. Mm-hmm. I hit up Sal Capaccio after after and, I, and and Logan Thomas went to motion, got the ball over the middle, touchdown, boom, within the red zone. Um, and I went to Sal Capaccio after. And I go, Sal, man, I go, they're definitely really trying to make Logan Thomas a part of this offense here. And Raw Dog O'Leary has been killing it. Like, his hands are, are, are nasty. He had a nice grab where he fell after. It would have been like a Calvin Johnson rule, no, no touchdown, but it was a touchdown. Mm-hmm. And um, Sal goes, yeah, Logan Thomas, they, they've, he's like, I've counted at least 13 reps from him right now, and he still had probably another 10 plays to go. Nice. So, um, I think he's here to stay. That's that's what I got out of it. Um, yep. Another quick note. Um, uh, I, I think the running backs look promising. I think Williams looks good. Yeah. Um, I don't know what you think on that, Kevin, but there's damn swing passes galore. Clay, Sammy Watkins, everybody is moving everywhere. It's it's like I feel like this offense compared to Tyrod Taylor, what he had to work with last year, I understand the power run game. I believed in it. It worked. It put up a shitload of points. Both, both years I thought the offense was cool. But um, it's like these third down situations are going to be more manageable because I've never thought that Brady's necessarily a rocket scientist. But, you know, long story short, I look at it like tailor to this guy's strengths yeah. and, and give him the best odds to manage a situation. And you can't, you can't beat it with this coaching staff because I feel like last year we're just crossing our fingers, hoping it goes well. Right. So, um, so what do you got, Eric? All right. So we have some questions that kind of wrap up this uh, podcast and we're going to a few questions. I'll start with you, Kevin, for the answers. All right. All right. Uh, we have a, a question on the depth race at defensive line beyond the first four and even worthy for that matter. Um, what's the depth to look like? Uh, how's that shaping out as far as uh, the, the the roster goes? Yeah, I know we we touched a tiny bit on it earlier in the in these uh, in this cast, but Drell Worthy to me is one of the best backups we have. He's been playing well. He's been firing off the ball. Adolphus Washington does look like he's uh, more focused this year and should provide a good. He was the first person to step in for Darius's little tiny tweaked hamstring was the first person to step in and, and does look like he is in good playing standing with the coaching staff. Uh, it's a nice piece of depth to have behind your starters for sure. And you'd spend a third round on him last year. I do think this defense could fit him even better than last year. So uh, Ryan Davis and Max Vales are two other guys that I, I do like. Ryan Davis is humongous. He's in great shape. I was walking right next to him a couple of days ago and um, I'd, I'd love to see what he has in preseason. Um, I'm really looking forward to seeing, uh, to seeing Ryan Davis and seeing, um, I, I do think he's a four or five sack backup defensive lineman. And that's not to mention some of the younger guys like Matt's, who's an absolute monster, Marquavius Lewis and Eddie Yarbrough, who are also getting snaps with the twos. Um, there is going to be a final spot there that has been given between those three guys. Okay. All right. Um, Davis, Davis seemed to be like a, uh, when they brought him in, he kind of reminded me of uh, how many nuts, like Zach Brown. Like a Jerry what, Hughes, like it, didn't, like it didn't fit the system kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And I think if you put him in the right spot, 
They, yeah, absolutely. You could do the simple thing, which he's always been asked to do, which is rush the damn passer. Just, he had 11 sacks and 14 and 15, you know? so – he does yeah, have and he, yeah. he can do it not just from defensive end. Uh, yep. When they go to those wide nine looks, uh, the way the Jags use him, they bumped him down the D tackle. He can rush on, you know, and 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 do stunts and, and blitzes and whatnot. So he offers some versatility as far as getting to the passer. I mean, that's an easy job for him, and he can do it from inside and outside with uh, actually pass rush moves. And I think it's a deep unit. I really yeah. do. I, I don't like once again. Do I want to have like uh, a premier pass rusher behind my starters? Absolutely, but. That's a good. That's a good depth unit. I do think it's one of the stronger units. Well, on, on a team. rotation, they're yeah. going to be on a rotation. Yeah. That's what. Sure. That's what Leslie Frazier is known to do with these defensive linemen. I mean, with, I follow the Vikings a lot. So with your um, starting four healthy, that's that's a strong unit. Right. So I mean, I, dude, that's what he's there for. It, it makes total sense, you know. So throw him in there. All right. All right. Obvious pass down. Good dude. Break. Fine. You know, like whatever. Yeah. What about corner, Kev? Do you, are they going to keep five, six? What, what do you think the number is there? And, uh, you know, how is it shaking up right now? Darby White, Seymour, and Johnson. Do you think Johnson is a shoe-in? Yeah, I do. I think Johnson's a shoe-in top four guy. He, he's one of those veterans that was brought in to specifically run the McDermott defense. He has the first crack at the nickel job based on preseason and training camp. I think he's a shoe-in top four guy. So I think that you have your four guys pretty much set uh, with Leonard Johnson stepping in there as that third or fourth guy for sure, even if he gets beat up by Kevon. Um, and not to mention, they, I've really seen Bradley Sylvie in and out of special teams units and, and used a lot. And at that uh, undrafted free agent cap number, I, I definitely could see him sneaking on as the fifth guy. Um, but I do like Sharice Wright. I, I'm interested. He's played with Leslie Frazier. I'm interested to see what he has in preseason as well. I think they could keep six. I don't think fives for sure, especially if they're only going to keep four safeties, which is going to be the number. I think that's right. six. I think you can keep 10 defensive backs. And you pretty much do every year. If you look back through most teams, you keep at least 10 D-backs. And I think they'll go six corner and four safeties. You have to in this league. It's yeah. a passing league. You, you got to keep yep. uh, all the depth you can, especially, you know, guys like Wright that are going to be towards that, you know, middle to back end of uh, making the uh, the defensive uh, back, um, you know, roster. It's it's one of those – He's a, he used to start. I mean, whether yeah. he was good or bad, I mean, starting experience – as a fourth it, or fifth corner? Yeah, as a fourth or fifth corner. Yeah. That is something you got to you gotta take into account. Normally, the Bills need to start that guy. Now yeah. he's a fourth or fifth guy. <laughs> I, I don't – we're talking – actually, even fifth. I mean, we're talking about fourth or fifth defensive backs yeah. here. He had, a, he had a great – he had a great pass breakup today, actually, where he had, like, a nice diving pass breakup. Also, on my notes, um, I believe it was Ronald Darby that did have that that um, pass breakup. Oh, yep. no way. All right. Um. But for some reason, they hit number 29, which is Kevon Seymour. But somebody had a pick far sideline from me where he uh, looks like he dropped it right as he was going down. He was pissed, hit the hands on the ground. But it was off Tyrod's hands. Okay. Okay. And it was going towards Zay Jones. So um, what's nice about that, though, um, is Zay Jones looks not to, you know, offshoot this, but Zay Jones looks like really nice. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, he, he, he's another note for he's he's been playing awesome but if you stay and that is even us touching on charles james um right. who's been on every single special teams unit he's doing everything the coaches ask special teams uh they love him i mean crossman loves him um so i phew, i think that he makes the decision difficult uh especially having some experience like starting for the texans at times and sure um i think he has a, a lot of that playing experience too that you can't do i think it's another missing maybe another top end guy once again just like a couple of positions like linebacker but i really think it's a deep unit i don't think you lose much between four and seven and i think it's it's one of those uh units right now that you know one of the guys that gets cut is probably going to get picked up for sure and like your colt and cole thompson was on our show uh, a couple weeks ago 
basically said I would be shocked if Charles James between special teams isn't like your fifth corner. So mm-hmm. um, they did think of highly of him other way places. He has had a raw into the stick moving on with different coaches and different schemes. But if they, if he finds a niche on special teams, I think he'll get into the games. I think he'll be active on game day. So he's another guy there that's seven already. And that's not even including Marcus sales. Right. Oh yeah. Yeah. This- that's my guy. So there, there's there's going to be a couple of those guys that we're going to try to sneak to the practice squad between him and uh, Sylvie. Yeah. So um, absolutely, both might even be on the practice squad if they don't sure. get claimed. And sure. you might keep a guy like James and then practice squad those two. That would be yep. my prediction. Yep. Uh, let's um, see. Go ahead, Dave. I got a question for you guys. Um, do you think that Kevon Seymour or any former like draft picks or, or, or players that were here before – at the cornerback spot, minus Darby. I mean, that's not really many. So it's just him. Um, like, I, I don't – I don't – not saying he is or isn't showing up, but I'm just saying that, like, if he was to fall off, I don't think he's safe because he's a, he's a draft pick, like, at all. I, I feel like everybody on this team is fair game yeah, that was I, here before to get he, caught. He, like, he, you're right. Person, I don't think it's a joke. I, I think you look at Adam Gase, like an example, like, Man, those guys got the message pretty quick when people started getting kicked out the door. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, They've only kept 30 out of 90 from last year. Right. Um, so, yeah, I would say That's the turnover crazy. is 33%. Um, yeah, I, I, in your thinking, if Kevon Seymour does lose a step in the next couple of weeks of practice and preseason games, yeah, he's not a shoe, and especially with the depth we've talked about. But he's looked great to me. He's looked like a solid number three or four cornerback. But between him and Leonard Johnson, it's been a great competition. That's They've been, been using him a lot. They've been I, I think a that's a shoe in top four. I don't think – nothing to do with draft yeah. pick or the old regime. Nothing of that. He's You're in. right, though. In theory, he could get cut. But those mm-hmm. are a top – that's a top He's four been unit. producing, yeah. yeah. He's, uh, he's been putting out at camp from all yeah. accounts and from and that's you know, your top obviously four. you guys being there. So, I think that – I think he'll yeah. be fine. But yeah. uh, let's go to a more broader question, all right? The last question here. Will okay. McDermott improve Rex's era – Rex era clock management? What do you I think? think that's tough yes. to say. That's tough to say on the on the clock. You can make argument. On, yes, it, it is. Why though? Offensively, when you got Dennison, all right, we'll start with that. We'll start with Dennison in that offense. First, he's never really called plays, right? In uh, his last couple of years, he was uh, splitting play call duty between what, Kubiak and who's the other guy they had? There was it a uh, was it Nap that they had some kind of system where it was coming up from the from uh, up top of the stadium and coming in through one coach into another. I don't know. I don't know if – I think you could still have some growing pains in that department. That's just my opinion. What do you think? I think that? it's tough to say, yeah. I mean, the young progressive mind works in his favor to where knowing the game a little better than Rex in terms of, like, player feelings and where you're at in the, on the field and really thinking about it rationally. So I think you'll see an improvement there, but the growing pains and never doing it and being overwhelmed with your defense and making sure. But the one thing he does have going, like we talked about, is he is delegating. You yes. might have more time for these player responsibilities. He's not in the mix. I actually thought Rex was better last year at clock management. Uh, I didn't have the first year was terrible mm-hmm. last year I didn't have as many problems I thought they improved it with some of their workflow things um, with putting Rob Ryan there I don't think they had as many issues even though the defense sucked right. in, in return but I don't I, I don't remember quite as many snafus there so I do think it'll be similar because Rex was actually not terrible last year at that um, and I do think that McDermott is a, is a growing mind I I don't think it'll be recognizable. He might make a snafu here and there, but I don't think it'll be recognizable one way or the other. You won't say, wow, that was a really good job, or you won't say that was terrible. Um, I'll be honest with you. Uh, if you're a Bills fan, you're within the Bills organization, a player, media, whatever, um, I'm going to give Sean McDermott, I give all the coaches year one, okay? Lay out your foundation, yep. and now I'm going to start digging to that foundation. 
Example, year two, started to question Marone. Year two, definitely started to question Rex. Mm -hmm. I don't think Sean McDermott is going to allow there to even not be a learning curve. You know what I mean? Or, like, or, or allow there to be a learning curve is what I'm saying. Like, right. He probably has something in place with his OCD brain. And again, as a wrestler myself, and I always talk about it, what it takes to get to that level he was at, you have to be obsessed. Yeah. You have to work harder than everybody else. We're talking about a guy who knocked on the door. Are, are we the first ones or anybody else on, on, in the Twitterverse or Bill's fan groups to go, oh, he's never called plays? Well, no shit. Well, I think if anybody deserves to call plays, it's Rick Dennison yeah, because he does. we got these quarterbacks or Peterman to me. I'm not really noticing that he's not a rookie. I'm seeing TJ Yates completing passes in between zone coverage. Like these guys are in the right spot, right time. I have to go, you know what? I can't wait to see how this plays out. I right. wish it the best. Tyrod Taylor is not stupid. I would guarantee you that Sean McDermott is going to have that ship rolling real tight and there's going to be no air left in that dough. And you honestly, as corny as it might sound, you have to trust the process. We got yeah. to trust him this year. Let him yeah. do it. Don't throw him out of the building, Bills fans. Give him a few years. He's super smart. Yeah, I'm, I'm not worried. Uh, honestly, when it comes down to it, again, he's delegating. He's got experienced coaches around him. He's going to let them do their job. He'll, be ha he'll have oversight of everything. And, and what's more important when you're comparing Rex versus McDermott, Rex's defense was so unique that – only really him and his brother could teach it. So he had to be more, had more input when it came to coaching it on the field, down on the sidelines. So he did lose sight of those other things, which is why last year he kind of delegated some of that other stuff that, uh, you know, to other coaches and whatnot. So I understand uh, the worry, but give, like Dave said, give it time. And, uh, you know, I think we'll be fine. I think we're in good hands long-term. Wouldn't you agree, guys? Yep. I think so. Yeah, I think you just got to trust him. I think you got to trust him. We're not even through our first preseason uh, game, let alone season. Um, so I think within a couple of games, we, we might even have more data to, to pick this discussion back up in two or three weeks when we've seen two or three games, even after the third preseason game of two weeks, three weeks of camp and stuff to say, okay, he looked good in this facet. He looked like he was delegating. Um, but look, I think uh, it's, it's good to go. And I, I'm, I'm looking forward to this season. I, I absolutely stop. I don't, I think this roster is absolutely better and we're stepping up from our seven and nine last year. Definitely. Well, guys, real quick, um, Kevin, I think I agree with you uh, 110%. Eric, um, you pretty much, I'm sure we're all in the same boat here. Yep. Um, pretty much clean up mistakes. The team wasn't too far back. Yep. Or, and uh, just get out of your own way. I look at it like playing ping pong. Sometimes you just hit the ball back, they screw it up. I played tennis the other day. I suck. I hit the ball back, and it works out. <laughs> well, it's like, um, well, Lastly, before uh, we sign off with this, just Grandstand Sports Network, Kevin is on the field. I'm on the field. Um, who else do we got going out there, Eric? And, and what do you think about like, – like, what are you looking forward to with Grandstand Sports Network? Like, what do we got going? A lot of teams involved across the country. Yeah, I mean, too many to list, honestly, because on a daily basis, you know, right now we have 13 brands, and they're producing anywhere from hockey to, you know, football – uh, just general sports stuff. So uh, when it comes to podcasts, we, we have all of that on uh, our radio station. That's playing as we speak right now. So uh, it, it, you're going to have stuff uh, on the site that uh, anyone can enjoy. So go ahead and check it out at Grandstand Sports, all right? 
And, uh, of course, Numb Bills fans are part of that. Cover One, Kevin and I are part of that. So uh, big things are coming. This is just a start. We just kicked off on Monday. So uh, definitely be on the lookout for that. And don't forget, don't forget too, Beyond the Blade podcast is brought to you by Chad. Chad gets legit interviews with Eichel. He's a legit dude. And he works really hard, and you should support it if you're a hockey fan. Um, I actually got to play hockey tonight. But, um, guys, I think that's it here. Um, you, where can we find you guys real quick? Uh, Kevin's at Kevin Masari on Twitter, K-E-V-I-N-I-S-S-A-R-E. It's cover underscore one underscore. It's not having bills anymore, so cover one. Whoa. Because we're not just covering oh, the bills anymore. We're, so covering, we're, covering, we're doing scouting. We're doing a little bit of everything. So, uh, Dave, thanks for having us on your podcast, man. Appreciate it. Yeah, thank you, guys. All right, guys, that was great. Thank you for listening in. Camp has been real, I got to say. Uh, I, I can't thank everybody enough for following me on Twitter and, and all the platforms, Instagram. You know, I just I have such a fun time being able to put my own spin on, on how I think things could be covered. Um, so thank you for sticking around. And if you've been following me since the beginning of this, especially too, Hey, I don't know why you have. <laughs> Anyways, just kidding. Thank you for the support, really, everybody. And don't forget PunchDrunkSports.com. Don't forget NumbBillsFan.com. And lastly, and most importantly, my biggest supporters right now, GrandstandSportsNetwork.com. They have me on the sideline. So I have some work to do for them. So GrandstandSportsNetwork.com. Get there. The station is going to play all day of great podcasts. Check out the playlist. Make sure you check it out. And don't forget, if you want to support the podcast, there's an Etsy store. Click right through on numbillsfan.com or shoot me a message. I also am selling some of my Bills memorabilia. You're welcome to buy it. Um, and whatever you want to do to support the podcast, do it. Retweet me. Tell your friends you like what you hear. You want to send in questions. I'm going to be on the sidelines at least mm, most of I think I'm going to be there a lot, actually. So I'm pretty stoked. Pretty stoked to go more through camp. I'm meeting a lot of interesting people, a lot of good players. I mean, these guys, I've got to talk to Bakari Rambo. I've got to talk to Andre Holmes. You're talking about just, like, nice people. It's just been a pleasure talking with players and, and, and people along the likes. Um, never thought I would ever have access like this. And... uh just to try to find the source of where the headlines are coming from and get to the source directly and um, report things how I personally want to report things, whether that's positive, negative, objective. Uh, I try to say objective. If you don't have hope, what's the point of living? That's how I look at it. So, again, take care. I'm your host, David Palermo. really means a lot. I've said it a bunch, but I can't say it enough. Um, it's, it's really hard to wake up Friday and and think oh shoot i gotta go shopping to buy clothes to go on the sideline and, and look like a professional as i take off my construction clothes and um yeah so i'll probably actually be heading to work tomorrow after practice so that'll be wednesday's practice i will be there tomorrow morning and going to work after to go do more drywall work so take care everybody Thank you for listening and following along. Numb Bills fan everywhere you can think about. If you want to see me somewhere else, hit me up. I'll get it up there.
Thanks again. And don't forget grandstandsportsnetwork.com. Goodbye.